There's been a lot going on in the Indian River School District lately. In the past month, the administration and Board of Education have had to make some important decisions on issues ranging from mask mandates to school construction to starting and ending times for schools next year. With so many topics to address, we decided to dip into the mailbag on this episode to answer questions submitted by Indian River School District residents. Well, not real district residents, as you'll soon hear, but we will address real topics that are relevant to IRSD families. Right after the break, Superintendent Jay Owens will join us to answer some real questions from fake people. This is the IRSD Spotlight. Okay, Dr. Owens, thank you for joining us. Um, let's dip into the mailbag for a few questions. Thanks, Dave. Um, Alex Lifeson of Ocean View wants to know, now that the mask mandate has been lifted, what is next for families? Can my child still wear a mask at school? Great question. Uh, yes, children still have the, the option to wear uh, masks in our classrooms and on the school buses. And in fact, as I've been around the schools here the last couple weeks since the mandate's been lifted, there are uh, many students who still are wearing the masks for for various reasons, and, and we're happy to support uh, those students. Can you also talk a little bit about some of the protocols now, too? They've been eased up a little bit as far as quarantine and contact tracing, too. Those aren't as, as intense as they used to be, correct? Yes, that's correct. So before we were uh, we were contact tracing within our schools when there was a, a close contact to someone that had been deemed uh, positive. So now the only uh, contact tracing that will occur is contact tracing uh, with students that have been exposed in the household once we've been contacted. So uh, obviously uh, much, uh, much different uh, impact at this point in the school year, which uh, we're, we're pleased to, to announce. Um, protocols continue. We, we still have cleaning protocols that we follow. Uh, obviously, um, you know, we, we spread out when we can. However, you know, we we've, have busy schools, so um, students are moving and shaking in our schools and in our HVAC units, obviously are checked regularly to make sure they're they're running effectively. Bill Board of Millsboro writes, with the end of the mask mandate, how is the district keeping children safe? Yeah, I touched on those a little bit there in, in the last question, um, but we, we just continue to monitor data. Uh, part of uh, what we look at is if we do have positivity that we're seeing, you know, more than a handful of cases in a school or, you know, a, a couple or three in a classroom, we will analyze that to see if there's any kind of spread. So we want to make sure we're keeping our, our schools and, and students safe. So we do monitor that. We did partner with uh, the Quidel program, which does surveillance testing within our schools uh, for those that sign up. So we have that in place, um, and we're happy to be able to offer that to families that want to participate. In addition, we have in-house Binex tests for students that uh, if the parents want the student tested, uh, feel like they could be positive or or concerned with maybe an exposure in the home we do have tests available within our schools that uh, we can provide to students 
Patrick Mahomes of Fenwick Island writes, are district employees still required to be vaccinated or provide proof of a negative COVID test? No, that, that mandate expired as well. So when the mask mandate expired, that requirement for staff to be vaccinated or tested went away as well. Mm-hmm. Let's change gears a little bit. LeBron James of Dagsboro writes, why is the district changing school starting and ending times for 2022-2023? Yeah, there's a there's a few reasons here, um, the, the biggest of which is to reduce the overcrowding on school buses. And, and really right along with that is, is the, the driver shortage that we've talked about that for, for some time now. So uh, by changing those times, we do a couple couple things. We, we allow for a tiered uh, transportation system where buses can, can do a run for a particular school, drop off and then go back out and then pick up a, a run for a, a neighboring school. Uh, and that's really the, the biggest impact there. We also, through the, the, the changes, we equalize instructional time for all our schools. We did have some outliers with schools that had uh, a variance in instructional time, so that levels that playing field. In addition, uh, anyone that's been around Sussex County for any time now realizes that we've got uh, congestion. Uh, used to be at certain parts of the day, but there's just really a lot of congestion all the time. Uh, particularly in the the Millsboro area, but you also see it in in Georgetown and in Selbyville as well. So, um, by uh, putting uh, that tiered system in place, we're hoping to steer clear somewhat of some of that congestion in in certain areas. Uh, another that I, I don't I don't want to not discuss is our new Howard Tiana School that's being built there across from the existing Sussex Central High School. So moving that school out to um, the, between the Georgetown and Millsboro area, uh, we, we certainly need to adjust our, our routing system for that particular school as well. It's no longer there in the middle of Georgetown. And just to be clear, these new times that are going to be implemented are actually sort of on par with other school districts in Sussex County, correct? Right. We did a lot of research around um, to, to determine what would work best. And there, there's, there's lots of different options that we can choose from. But uh, these do align with our neighboring districts within the county. So, yeah, yeah, they they, they do align, and and also it, it pulls together. Our elementaries are all around or are the same time except for North Georgetown, which is in that tiered system. So it's a little different. But then our middle school and high schools also have the same time. Sandra Bullock of Selbyville writes: The new schedule could present a hardship for families in the area of childcare. Is the district planning to address this issue? Right. And, and we realized that when we were looking at uh, the need to make these changes. So that's one of the reasons why we wanted to get in front of this early on uh, here uh, in late winter to give parents an opportunity to, to understand why we're doing this and then also a, an opportunity to work through their own uh, family schedules, work schedules, whatever that may be, to, to make some necessary adjustments. We have worked with uh, or are working currently with some programs, the YMCA and others that we hope to be able to offer before and or after school services to uh, some of our families, especially in the Philip Shaw and East Millsboro area where uh, they will be impacted more than some of the others with the time changes. So we continue to explore those opportunities with uh, the, the before and after school providers and anyone out there that uh, has an interest in working with the district to, to try to alleviate some burden on our families. Certainly give us a call and we'll we'll get you pointed in the right direction to, to hopefully partner with us to, to help our families as much as possible. 
and we will communicate that information to families moving forward prior to the next school year. Uh, Brad Pitt of Georgetown wants to know, can you provide an update on the construction of the new Howard Tiena School? So we're hopeful to be in at the, the start of the next school year. However, you know, we have experience like uh, many areas of construction around uh, material delays. So those delays uh, likely will push us back uh, a little further into the fall, October or November, for the start and, and move in at Howard Tennis. So um, not ideal, but uh, I know that the, the staff there and the families and the students are are really going to be excited to move into a, a state-of-the-art new facility. So we ask that everyone be patient for just a little longer, and uh, we will, we're, we're, we're very excited to get moved into that new building. And that building really is taking shape up there. Uh, if you get a chance to drive by it, it looks, it looks tremendous. Yeah, it's going to be it a does. wonderful facility. Uh, Bryce Harper of Millsboro writes, What will happen to the existing Howard Tiena School building in Georgetown when it's vacated by the district? Right. So um, probably not everyone knew, but there's, there was an original deed with Delaware Technical and Community College. So that building will actually revert back to Delaware Tech uh, once we vacate. And they've been a tremendous partner with us over, over the years to, to allow us to use that, that property to support the needs of our students who attend Howard Tiena. So um, a big thank you to them, but it will revert back. And um, I know that Dell Tech has had some conversations with uh, other interested parties for uh, the potential future use of that building. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I, I hope that it's put to good use here in the coming years. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence of Georgetown writes, what will happen with the pool at the Howard Tiena School Building? Yes. Yeah, so the board voted on at a recent board meeting, February 28th, I believe, to return that ownership back over to Delaware Tech. So it will go back to Dell Tech and, and we'll see what happens from there. It is important to note that um, with our new Howard TNS building, we do have a, a therapy pool. It's, it's not the Olympic style pool that uh, is at the current school, but uh, the therapy pool will support the needs of our students at, uh, at our new Howard TNS school. Paul Newman of Gumboro writes, can you give us an update on the construction of the new Sussex Central High School? So um, we haven't gone out to bid yet for uh, that project. Our first bid date will be uh, later in the summer uh, into the fall where we will uh, look to break ground and start some of the site planning. So that'll be the first aspect of this. But we still are on schedule for a, a fall 2025 completion date. So very excited about that. And uh, we recently approved the, the most recent design development drawings for the school, and they're really starting to take shape. Uh, Three-story building, lots of room for uh, growth inside, large cafeterias, gymnasium, hallways are open, uh, stairwells are, are big, classrooms are going to be state-of-the-art. So it's really been uh, an exciting process to develop that. And we're still developing uh, the building and, and exterior. So I'll be pleased to provide updates uh, over the next several months with uh, that very large project. And can you just clarify, too, uh, the, the new school will be connected to the existing school, but what's going to happen to the existing Sussex Central High School once the new Sussex Central High School is built? So the existing Sussex Central High School will convert to a new middle school. As we've discussed, uh, population growth in our area so has necessitated growth in our middle schools and elementary schools. So the existing school will become a middle school which can accommodate their growth and Millsboro Middle vacating their current location in the middle of town, 
that school will be converted to an elementary school. So we'll be able to relieve some pressure in our elementary schools, our middle school, and of course, with the new high school, we'll be able to um, expand there. And yes, the, the school will be connected to help to utilize the current theater. Uh, there, we didn't feel there was a need for two theaters on that same location. So we will um, hope to be able to renovate the existing theater at Sussex Central High School to be able to utilize it with both areas, uh, both schools, excuse me, and the, the wing, the, B, the current B wing of the school, which goes um, from the existing school and kind of extends to the south, that'll be used for uh, our, our arch wing, which uh, very excited to expand the band room and dance area and to provide uh, some additional opportunities that we didn't have before at the existing school. And finally, Carrie Underwood of Bethany Beach writes, I heard there was a proposal to erect a cell tower on the grounds of Lord Baltimore Elementary School. Can you please provide an update? Yes, the, the board did receive a proposal for a potential cell tower at Lord Baltimore. And what I've learned is, is there's, there's been proposals in the past for, for cell towers um, in various areas within the district, but the board did not take any action on that. Uh, no plans for a cell tower at this point. Yeah, that was a concern in the community, so I'm glad that question was submitted. And that's all the questions that we have from our residents, Jay, but is there anything else you want to address before we uh, let you go? Yeah, while, while I'm with you, I, I, I want to give an update. We had a, a really successful winter season with, with lots of extracurriculars and lots of ath- athletics and some very successful athletes, and we're, we're pleased with that. We are moving into the spring athletic season, so it's exciting for the students to get outside and and enjoy the the changing weather and and to begin to compete uh, with spring athletics. In addition, um, schools have started to plan for the prom already. Uh, it seems like it's it's a little early to talk about a prom, but they are they are in the beginning stages of that 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 planning. So we're excited uh, for that as well. Some some interesting news here and exciting news from our, our our students. Several schools will be sending students to the Vex Robotic World Championship. In May, that's in Dallas, Texas. So, certainly wish those uh, robotics teams the best of luck. In addition, our, our BPA teams have qualified for nationals. I think it's uh, uh, several students from both schools um, will be competing. That's also out in Dallas, Texas, in May. So, uh, wish our BPA competitors the best of luck as well. Also, 12 Sussex Central students earned medals at the Delaware Educators Rising Conference. And four of those students have qualified for the national competition. So just a very exciting time for a lot of our students. And, and we're excited to get back to the, to the travel to some of these, these competitions where our students can showcase their talents. And, and finally, graduations are right around the corner. So uh, again, it seems early to talk about that. But uh, before you know it, spring break will be upon us and we'll be moving into the, the closure of the year. And, and graduations are an exciting time to to get our graduates together and their families to celebrate uh, the milestone of a, a graduating from high school. So we're, we're really excited about what's left uh, to come here in, in the school year. And Dave, I appreciate you having me on today to, to share. Well, thank you for uh, for taking the time to answer these important questions from our residents uh, of the Indian River School District. So thank you very much, Jay. Appreciate it. Before we wrap up this episode, I want to take a moment to recognize the 2022-2023 Teacher of the Year winners for every district school. They are Summer Atkins, Indian River High School, Jacob Austin, Millsboro Middle School, Kara Bauer, John M. Clayton Elementary School, Wendy Breedlove, Howard T. Ennis School, 
Mary Calagieri, Southern Delaware School of the Arts, Carly Class, IRSD Early Learning Center, Jacob DeLillo, East Millsboro Elementary School, Elizabeth Edwards, Long Neck Elementary School, Brandon Gibbs, Georgetown Elementary School, Nicole Jenny, North Georgetown Elementary School, Jordan Marvel, Sussex Central High School, Brittany Rummel, Georgetown Middle School, Lisa Stetler, Selbyville Middle School, Michelle Timmons, Philip C. Shaw Elementary School, and Jenna Truitt, Lord Baltimore Elementary School. The overall District Teacher of the Year will be announced at a special ceremony on May 5th. Good luck to all of these deserving candidates. IRSD Spotlight is produced by the Indian River School District. Episodes can be accessed through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and several other podcast platforms and mobile apps. Episodes and bonus content can also be accessed by visiting irsd.net and going to the podcast link under the Discover IRSD tab. To search for episodes on Facebook, use the hashtags IRSD Podcast and IRSD Spotlight. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with more great news and information from the Indian River School District.